Thanks for that intro, Taylor. I'll challenge anybody to a spicy food contest afterwards, okay? Just let me know. <laughs> um, so great to be here. Who's excited to be here right now? Make some noise. If you're online joining right now, I want you to make some noise right now, too. We can't hear you, but we know you're making some noise wherever you're joining us from, whether it's your living room, whether it's your front room, whether it's out on your deck, whether it's your bathroom, wherever you are right now, we're glad that you're joining online as well, and we are excited to be here. I am so uh, excited that we can join together to worship and, uh, and to come together around God's Word. You know, these last couple of now nights, we've been just exploring that question, how can we stay on track in a very difficult time? And last now uh, service, for those of you who are here, Pastor Matt spoke about how we can stay on track by being in community, just how crucial it is for us to be in community. Tonight, we're gonna be exploring how we can stay on track in one of the most significantly challenging ways about this season right now, and that's how can we stay on track with the truth in a time where it is very difficult to tell what is truth and what is not truth. You know, just a couple of weekends ago, our family, my, my wife and three kids, we went and, and spent a few days in Canmore, and we didn't wanna break the bank, so we stayed at a place that was, it was good. There were a couple sketchy things about it. Uh, but we had a good time overall. We, we came back from that, and my wife made the booking online, and so she got an email from the owner saying, hey, we would love, um, you know, for you to give us a review, a, a five-star review. And the email went on to say, you know, if, if we get too many four-star reviews, the, the company that we post on, you know, they might, they might come to us and have some questions. Why do you keep getting four-star reviews? They might even pull our status to be able to have people book on. And then the email kept going. It said, by the way, do you like Starbucks coffee? We would love to buy you a, an appreciation gift card. And I'm thinking to myself, do they really want a truthful review? And I remember reading about in other places too that, that companies have ways of, of getting these reviews that maybe don't actually reflect the truth. So we can't even find the truth necessarily in reviews. But what about other areas of life? As we know, you know, social media, the news. What about politics? You know, science. What about even history? Sometimes it can be difficult to know what is true and what is not true when it comes to history. What about friendships? Who are our true friends? It's a challenge to know what is the truth in this world right now, and everything has been escalated because of the situation we're in with the pandemic, of course. There are so many viewpoints, so many opinions, so many things that are causing division. But here's my question. Should that surprise us? Should it surprise us that it's difficult to find the truth? You know, when we look at the scripture, it's the very first book of the Bible. Within the very first three chapters of the Bible, we're introduced to a character, the serpent, otherwise known as Satan, and he comes into God's perfect creation, and what does he bring? What is his greatest weapon? It's a lie. He brings a lie into the world, and, and Adam and Eve believe 
that lie, they disobey God, and, and that lie gives birth to sin, and sin enters the world, and, and ever since then, we see in the, in the history of Scripture, the history of our world, that we live in a world where it is difficult to discern the truth. In the book of John, Jesus says in John 8, he says about, uh, about Satan, there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And when we continue reading in Scripture, we come to the book of Ephesians, and we are brought right into that reality. We're brought right into the reality, recognizing that we are in the midst of a cosmic battle every day. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not just about humans lying to each other to get ahead but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. But in Ephesians chapter six, we're also given hope. We're told to be strong, we're told to stand firm, because God has given us everything that we need to stand firm in the midst of the battle. He has given us his armor, that we're to put on. Ephesians 6, we're told to put on the full armor of God. We're not gonna go through all the different pieces of armor that we're told to put on, but I wanna point out one thing. The first piece of armor we're told to put on is the belt of truth. Ephesians 6, 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So tonight, we're gonna look at what it means to put on the belt of of truth. What does it mean to stay on track with the truth in the midst of a world that's full of deception? Now, of course, we're not going to be able to touch on all the viewpoints and all the controversies and, and all the opinions that we're facing right now. But what we're going to discover is if we stand firm on the foundational truths of the scriptures, if we allow the major truths of God we find in the Bible to shape our minds, to shape our hearts, to shape our perspectives, that we can stand firm in the truth. If we can stand firm in the major truths about who God is, who we are, and what God's plan is for the world, we can stay on track with the truth. Because you see, in order to stay on track with the truth, we need to realize that there are major truths and there are minor truths. There are capital T truths and there are lowercase t truths and we have to discern and try not to switch one for the other. And there's actually a perfect example of this in the scriptures. We read in the early church, there were a lot of people who were becoming Christians and they were coming out of a background where they believed in many gods. They worshiped multiple gods, and they believed that those gods were represented on earth by idols. And so they would be worshiping these idols, and, and in order for them to have right standing with these gods, they would, they would sacrifice animals to, to these gods and to these idols, and they would, they would cook the meat, and, and they would basically have a meal and eat the meat in the presence of the idols. That's how they had right standing. That was a religious act on their part. And so these people with this background, they were becoming Christians, and they were realizing, hey, those gods aren't, aren't true, they, they're not real, there's only one God. And God can't be represented in the form of a, of a physical idol, he's represented on earth by his eternal son who became a man, Jesus Christ. And so they began to worship the true God and, and you see, one of these group of Christians, their viewpoint was, hey, we know 
that all those gods we used to worship aren't true. We know those idols aren't real. So when we go to the supermarket and we see a, a, a package of meat that says sacrifice to this idol on this day, we can grab that, we can bring it home, we can cook it and eat it, that's okay. Even if it's sac sacrificed to an idol, dedicated to an idol, it doesn't matter because those gods aren't real. They could go to their friend's house who invited them to a barbecue and the idol's sitting on the shelf and they're saying, hey, this meat's dedicated to this God. They could eat it and say, it doesn't matter, that God's not real. And maybe even share the gospel. But you see, the challenge was that there was another group of Christians who would also come out of that background worshiping many gods. And their viewpoint was far be it from us to eat meat that's dedicated to an idol, dedicated to a false god. Because if I eat that meat, I am dishonoring the one true God. And so you have this, this issue that's, that's dividing, it's causing conflict. But look at what the scriptures say about this. In Romans chapter 14, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna be looking at some select verses from Romans 14, but read this chapter sometime. Verse two, Romans 14. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Verse five. One person considers one day more sacred than the other. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. This is from verse 13. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And verse 20, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. See, the Bible teaches that there are major foundational truths. These are the truths that the disciples of Jesus and Christians throughout history have given their lives for. And then there are truths, the lowercase t truths, where there can be some different viewpoints. We can differ, but does it have to divide us? You know, I was driving uh, through a, a new development, new development of houses, a new neighborhood uh, just a short time ago. And it was clear that the developer was, was trying to keep things, you know, diverse. There were different houses that had different colors and different shapes and different windows and different shingles. And driving along, you know, different landscape, it was just very different. They didn't want that, you know, mono, same color, same color, same shape, same shape. And then I drove a little bit further because it was a new development. And these houses were a little bit earlier in development stage and they only had their foundation poured. And so in the area, the houses that only had their foundation poured, they all look the same because the concrete was the same color. There was no landscape. It was basically the same shape, just a square in the ground. But isn't that representative of the foundational major truths of the scripture? They don't change. But what's built on top of those foundations, what's built on top of that foundation is like those houses, there can be some differing viewpoints. There can be some differences. There are gonna be things that we see in different lights. 
But you know what the thing is, that all of those houses, same foundation, they look different up top, they're all part of the same block. They're all in the same community. We can stay on track with the truth, but recognizing that there are major truths and there are minor truths. And we need discernment and we need wisdom. And I'm not saying that minor truths aren't important. They are important. They're as important as that, those two top levels of the house. We live in those levels. There's life that happens there and we need discernment and we need wisdom, but we gotta keep the foundational truths foundational. And we gotta allow love and grace to reign when it comes to the minor truths. So my question is, maybe some of us tonight are allowing in some other viewpoints that aren't coming from scripture that are adding to our foundation about who God is, about who we are, about what God's plan is for the world. Maybe there are some of us who have some of these, the minor truths in our lives that we're recognizing are starting to, to, to rob our peace, to rob our joy, to rob our righteousness like we read in Romans. We're allowing those, those minor truths to become major truths in our lives. We need that discernment. We need to stay on track with the truth by living out of those foundational truths. Secondly, in order to stay on track with the truth, we need to stick close to the one who is the truth, and that is Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate revelation of truth in the Bible. I just want us to, to read some verses from the Gospel of John chapter one and just hear what we read about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the truth because he was in the beginning with God. He's the eternal son of God. He has always existed. He is the truth because he is God. And he is the truth because he has come into this world as the light of the world to show us what God is like. From John chapter five, verse 19. Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. Whatever we see Jesus doing, whatever we see Jesus, hear Jesus saying, he is a perfect representation of the God of the universe and what he is doing and what he is saying. John 8, 31 to 32. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He sums it up in John chapter 14, verse six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, the relationship between God and man was broken. It was broken by a lie that came into the world that gave birth through sin, unleashed sin in the world. Well, God restored that relationship 
between humans and himself when he sent the truth into the world. And Jesus, by his sacrifice on the cross, and whoever puts their faith in him, their sin is put on him, and they're made righteous. Jesus rose from the grave on the third day, and he offers his eternal life to anyone who puts their faith in him and chooses to follow him. And Jesus gives us his spirit. And in John 16, 13, the spirit of God is called the spirit of truth. And he comes and lives in our hearts so that we can know the truth about who God is, who we are, and what God's plan is in the world. And we can live out the truth. And we can be that light with Jesus in the world to those around us. We can stay on track with the truth when we stick close to the one who is the truth. And so what does that look like? to stick close to Jesus. Every time we open up our Bibles, every time we put the Bible on our audio apps and, and listen, we're not just looking at ink, we're not just looking at words and hearing words, we are encountering a person. We are sticking close to a person. Every time we gather with other Christ followers, we're speaking the truth to one another. We're building our foundation. And Jesus said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I'm there with them. We're sticking close to Jesus. You know, whenever we gather in a place like this and we're worshiping God and we're, we're proclaiming the truth of God to ourselves, to those around us, we're proclaiming the truth of God to the spiritual realm. Whenever we turn to Jesus in prayer, he is there. We're sticking close to Jesus. Whenever we follow the Spirit's lead out into the world and we're sharing the truth of God with others, our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our family members who don't know Jesus and are far from God, we're sticking close to Jesus because we gotta know Jesus isn't just here. He's not just in this room. He's out there. He's on a mission. He's at work in the lives of the people who, in our lives. And when we go out and we join him on his mission, we're sticking close to Jesus. <laughs> Remember at the beginning, we talked about Ephesians 6, verse 14. We were told there to put on the full armor of God and that first piece of armor was to put on the belt of truth. I'm wondering tonight, what is it gonna look like for each one of us in the midst of a world where it's hard to know the truth? What is it gonna look like for each one of us to put on the belt of truth? Maybe for you tonight, you're recognizing that you need to build on the foundation of who God is. You need to build on the foundation of who you are in Him. You need to build on the foundation of what His plan is in the world. Maybe for you, that's what it's gonna look like to put on the belt of truth. And if that's you, talk to somebody tonight. Talk to a pastor, a leader, if you're not connected with a, a, with a youth community or young adults community, that's how one of the ways we build that foundation. You know, join Alpha. Google 
top 20 Christian apologists and just spend some time looking at some of their content and some of their YouTube pages and just asking those questions to build that foundation. Maybe tonight for you, putting on the belt of truth. You're realizing that there's some lowercase t truths in your life that are kind of edging up and they're making their way up into the major and they're taking your time and they're taking your energy and they're taking your passion. And there may be some things that you need to lay down so that you can take up the belt of truth. Maybe there are some social media feeds. Maybe there's some voices in your life that you need to turn out so that you can turn up the word of God. And maybe tonight putting on the belt of truth is, is gonna look like sticking close to Jesus. You know, when is the last time where you picked up one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and just read through about Jesus and his time here on earth and what he said and what he did and who he is? Putting on the belt of truth might look like sticking close to Jesus for you. Putting on the belt of truth, it might mean going out. It might mean going out and finding Jesus and following Jesus on his mission in the world and being that light and spreading that truth about who God is, about who we are, who he's calling us to be, who is that person in your life who needs to know that God loves them. What is it gonna look like? It's gonna look a little different for each one of us. But tonight, what is it gonna look like for you to put on the belt of truth? What is it gonna look like tomorrow? What is it gonna look like in the coming weeks, in the coming months? Every day, every time you put on a belt, you may not be wearing three belts. Put them on one at a time, but what is it gonna look like for you to put on the belt of truth? There's gonna be some questions on the screen and, and we're just gonna take some time to reflect and to think, and if God is already speaking to you about something, just, just take some time to listen to what he's saying. These questions, you might, one of them might stick out to you and you can, you can just spend some time thinking about that, but we're gonna pray and spend some time reflecting and then we're gonna continue to worship tonight. Father, we give you the glory. We give you the glory because you have given us everything that we need for a restored relationship with you. Jesus, you've given us everything that we need to know the truth and your truth sets us free. Jesus, you've given us everything that we need to be your truth in this world. We pray, God, that you would give us wisdom. We pray, God, that you would give us strength, just like your word says in Ephesians 6, help us to stand firm putting on the belt of truth, staying on track with the truth. Father, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are the truth. And Jesus, we thank you because you are with us and you go before us. So God, speak to us in this time. Fill us with your spirit. Lead us in your ways.